What's going on, friends? Welcome to Random Number One Hundred and Three. That's right, Roomies and Movies Number One and Three. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke, and we're going to tell you about all the latest and greatest that you should be watching, stuff to avoid, and we'll even talk about some older stuff that we're looking back at right now. Uh, for this week, we got best and worst list with Seven Samurai and Geely. Um, we also watched the first episode of Titans and Swamp Thing on DC Online, as well as Good Omens on Amazon Prime now. Uh, we watched the Deadwood movie, which I got cut up on three seasons worth this last week. And then we finished up theatrically, and we're going to talk about Ma, Rocketman, and Godzilla. What an undertaking this week has been. It was a lot, and you were just a big dum-dum. I full-heartedly agree. Um, I, let's start with Deadwood. Fuck it. Let's get it out of the way. Um, I realized through the first season, I stopped when Hickok got killed. Um, that must that's have like been what, the, episode four? Yeah, I think that's the first disc. Um, and because I, I remember, I was like, he twitches at the end. I was like, oh, well, he'll be alive for... A few more episodes, at least, whatever. Uh, nope, just dead, just real dead. Um, surprisingly, I was surprised that they got rid of uh, Hickok and um, the Reverend that first season. Kind of made it feel like anybody's expendable on this show. Yeah, well, which here's no one else here- really died. Yeah, you know, some shit happened, but there's not, like, death. I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, uh, I love Deadwood. Um, I was the one who pushed it on all you guys when we were living together. You know, I'm the one who made, like, I'm the one who got Brent into it and made him go buy them all. And then that's when you started watching it. I have not seen it since then. Uh, Yeah, that's why I was kind of trying to jog your memories as I was watching through. Um, I mean, I remember a lot. You know, I remember, you know, the shit that sticks out. I remember fucking, you know, Al with the fucking stone and almost fucking dying trying to pass it. And, you know, I remember all the hearse shit. But, like, the most, the most thing is, like, when you think of Deadwood, the actual intricacies of the plot are what don't matter it's about the characters and the use of language and the tone and yeah it's incredible uh i feel like an idiot for waiting this long to watch it um even like when we started this and i saw it was on prime now and you don't even ha- even have to have the hbo subscription and it's like man i should really get that rewatched at some point but man blessing through this last week uh it's been everything i've been looking for at least for the last year um, the character studies and like it really feels like nothing happens as far as the town goes whatever um, everything takes place within a few days um, well, cause, set like, apart from every, that first like couple episodes well like every episode's a day that's essentially mm-hmm. what you're watching when you do Deadwood and, like, coming off the breakneck spade of BSG, like, this was just a great little, like, it was easy to get through six hours a night. Easy. And, I mean, you didn't have to remember much because it's more about the characters, like you said. And, like, there are some really strong episodes that, like, 
throughout the first season, you kind of feel like everybody has this, their own play to, part to play, whatever. But like that second season, like uh, Swearingen and Bullock, like are the forefront, and like everything is surrounding them in such a huge way. And like there's ancillary characters that really uh, shine through too, like Dan and uh, Jewel, like I, and Wu and Wu, like. I love that these characters get their little part to shine and like just fade back into the background until like let's give Jewel another funny part or another bit. Like just a perfectly well constructed show. Um and like you get these kind of arcing stories over each season and it's really fascinating how they played Bullock and um Swearingen because like they hate each other except they have to work together to overcome this evilness that is Hearst in that third season. And it's just an extraordinary watch. Yeah. Sure. So how, cause there's a difference between how you feel coming into this movie and the send off right at the end of your first watch through versus me, who was like, I haven't seen these characters in 10 years and never thought we would get this ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was awesome in its own right because everybody saw me like burning through the seasons and they're like, oh yeah, that movie's happening this weekend. And like, I think everybody was pretty much the same, same uh, resounding sentiment that they never thought this was going to happen. So like to finally get it is like, all right, let's, let's uh, enjoy these characters for a couple more hours. And like, oh, Man, I tell well, it's you, even what. more because, like, you know, like HBO canceled the show, and then they were like, "We're gonna do two two-hour movies to wrap everything up," and then they never happened, and they never happened, and then you see, like, you know, uh, Oliphant went off and did Justified, and Anna Gunn went and got Breaking Bad, and like, you never would see these char- these unknowns when Deadwood was there getting the spotlight bigger and getting these jobs, you realize how much harder and harder it would be to get them all back together to do it. Mm-hmm. And then add in the fact that David Milch, the creator was diagnosed with Alzheimer's Damn. and like what it meant for him to try and get the script done and the problems he's feeling with. So like you see that weight when you watch the show of, or when you watch the movie of realizing like Milch is pouring a lot of himself into Swearingen of like, this is going to be okay. Everything's going to go on without me, but I still have to try and give myself something back as I'm oh. on my deathbed here. I, I've got chills just thinking about it. Like I ran in a bunch of these posts, like uh, in that last season, I was like looking for gifts and whatnot to like just throw around. Cause there's some really funny moments and whatnot. And like, I'd stumble upon these, these, post from two years ago like when they actually got the ball rolling on this and i think uh dan the guy who played dan was the big forefront of like giving the updates and like when shit was starting to get announced like everybody was paying attention to his twitter because he wasn't fucking pulling punches like hey guys it's fucking happening we're doing this and like he was showing back behind the scenes shots and whatnot and like it kind of spoiled a little. Like, I knew a lot of the characters were going to survive three. Um, but it's it's even more interesting to see how they ended each one of the... Not only each one of these seasons, but 
the the actual finale for the third season and like with everybody just going their own separate ways kind of thing and um yeah that whole like you feel that him pouring himself in this Warrington for this movie like for sure um but it it felt like they just jump forward 10 years and like it's just the same characters and the same writing and it's just so good yeah, I mean, no matter what little, like, nitpicky things you can get at it, it's worth it just to be with these characters for two hours again. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think we need to, you know, basically end season three with killing Ellsworth, the sweetest man in camp, to oh my God. set up her as this evil guy. And then in the movie, they kill the next sweetest person. We kill fucking Charlie Utter for no reason. <laughs> like... Like, we already know Hearst is fucking evil. We didn't need this again, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it was interesting going into that because, like, Ellsworth was such a shock for me because at this point, you know there's gravity to all these characters. Like, anybody could pass at any time, but nobody does. So then Ellsworth being, like, the same celebrity character that kind of really doesn't matter, but that has been there from the start. And then just to get shot out of nowhere, like, fuck, you feel so bad. But then you see Hearst uh, trying to discuss this with uh, Utter about his about his land. And it's like, sh- I just let's not revisit that because Utter is such a great character. Like, he's been there from the start, too. And, like, then it happens. And you're like, son of a bitch. But I think they worked everything so well. Um, a couple of friends were asking me if they needed to watch the seasons to enjoy the movie. And I was like, not really. I think it helps, um, illuminate the characters. Um, but I think everything's there that you need that you can just jump in this movie and just see where it is. I think if you like jump in the movie and see that you like it, I think just going back and watching the, the series, is just a benefit to yourself. So, I don't know. I think it'd be weird not have been this be the. That's literally like being like, oh, this book that people says good. Let me read the epilogue. You know, yeah. it's it's the end. It's, it's so it's weird. It might work and you might understand, but you don't get the deeper implications. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's, you know? that me that just means how how grateful I am that I was able to burn through these three seasons to get caught up. Um, but yeah, I had a few friends asking me about it, and it's like the show's so damn good like i just can't put it into words because like all these characters have their moments and it's just a really yeah i mean even like and like even when you get into the movie everyone has like there really isn't a need for like eb to be in the movie but Mm -hmm. i'm fucking glad he is and being like i'm just i I don't know how to use a telephone and i i'm kind of pissing my pants here because my bladder's losing control and you're like (laughs) oh eb i fucking love you (laughs) It's so good. Um, I think the other like thing that stood out to me was uh, McCall or uh, Walcott. The guy who played McCall played Walcott as well, but played Walcott's son in the movie, I think. Yeah, because he's like, you ruined <laughs> you, my dad. You ruined my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little weird, but it's like, oh yeah, they're just giving him a cameo. And it's like, it's just so cool to see where these characters have been over the last decade because uh and to see like like sopranos happened after this right no sopranos was first okay 
Sopranos was like HBO's first like really big successful drama. Like Oz had been there, but like Sopranos is the one that lifted them up and everyone was into. Okay. Um, but I mean, it happened like concurrently. Like Sopranos was still on, I think, when Deadwood was on. Um, but uh, no, and that's the stuff. Like, I can't. I could understand the movie working if you hadn't seen it, but so much of it means more if you had. Like, oh, absolutely. At that scene, that scene at the end when he's dragging Hearst to prison, and you get fucking, <laughs> fucking that guy who played McCall, and then the street, this the get the, the the hoopleheads, you know, start attacking yeah. Hearst, and you see Bullock walk away. He's gonna mm-hmm. let it happen, and that's such a disconnect from who he was in the very first scene in the very first yeah. episode of him. I'm going to hang this man myself so that the gangs can't get him. Like, we're not going to do this. It's going to be law and order. And he almost turns that down, but he's able to get back to the growth and mm-hmm. that he's gotten through the show. It's also, like those. It's also really incredible uh, to see their relate to Bullock's relationship with not only, uh, his brothers, that uh, wife, widow and, um, Garrett. Or Ellsworth, I guess, at this point, but um, that they get a moment, but that's all they get. And like, God, the movie was so was such the best way to end the series, even if it is ten, fifteen years late. Um, it's just so good. Yeah, it is, and like, it might have one of my favorite ending scenes ever. Oh yeah, like, d- oh my god, dude, when. Even in the face of death, Swearingen is still Swearingen. You know, him being like, tell God to fucking stay in heaven. Just yeah, let me die. Oh my God, yes. 1000%. Oh, it's so good. Um, I hope the movie does incredible and like, they're just like, maybe we can bring some of these characters back and like, it'd be cool just to see some of the, like, do a, another thing like this. Um, maybe in a year or so, but. Yeah, it was really awesome. I'm glad I burned through the seasons to get to there. I was thinking maybe we were going to get that disconnect where I'd just watch the movie and then I'd have to trace my, retrace my steps, but I'm glad I burned through it. So, yeah. De- definitely watch all of it. See this, Watch the seasons first and then get the movie, but it's the cherry on the top. It's a great series. It is. It's one of my favorites. Hmm. And like, I think it was probably halfway through the second season or like almost through the second season, but I was like, nothing really is happening. I'm not sure if I like this show, but like so much has stuck with me the last two, three days. Like, oh man, the fucking comedic timing of all of it is just so great. Um, There are scenes where uh, Oliphant is just dragging um, hers through the streets by the ear, and it's like there's such fucking weird shit, and it's so great and so on point. Um, did you ever have any um ties with like dead the actual town of Deadwood or anything over there? Uh, and just that it's close enough that I could I could have gone to it anytime I wanted to, but no, I've never been or anything. Um. So, like, when I was in high school, we went and hiked uh, Little Bighorn. And, like, I know the area. And, like, we stopped in Deadwood or whatever. And, like, they have uh, characters react reenacting some of these scenes whatever. And, like, they have these 
uh, characters playing Wild Bill, and there's a shootout in the street that happens, uh, I want to say every couple hours or so. But, like, that happened. And, like, of course, like a fucking teenager, I went to the gift shop and bought this stupid little pop, like, cork pop gun. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm I'm fucking Wild West Cowboy. Like, that, yeah. the place is so rich. And, like, like, this is the essential, like, cowboy area. Um, but, yeah, I, like, it was just fun knowing, like, the distance to, like, Sturgis and everything, like, when they were riding off. Like, even back in the day when it'd take them a few days to get there, but, like, knowing that distance and everything just enriched everything, too, like, it's so good. Yeah, knowing, like, them being like, we're going to Yankton and being like, oh, I know where Yankton is mm-hmm. and how far they're going. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, so. Fucking watch the series and watch the movie. We're not lying. It's fucking fantastic, so. And, like, even, yeah, with, I mean, us, if nothing... even with us spoiling stuff like we've been, like, none of that matters because we can't cue you in on how wonderfully well-crafted the characters are. Yeah, because, I mean, if nothing else, coming back to that movie made me realize, like, just how much I miss the language and the way they use it in that show. Yeah, for sure. Um, It it even felt like, um, for the movie, they were a little tepid to touch on a few words that they really used uh, well through the series. But, like, I think it also made it ring true, um, where the series kind of seems like it's... You cringe at a couple moments, but, like, this one really felt like it's polished. And, like, we understand, like, this was the time, but, like, we're we're glad we're not like that anymore. Sure, but it's also, like, I don't know, less than, like, five minutes into the movie before your first (laughs) cocksucker is getting thrown around. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Watch this goddamn series. So, um, let's jump from there, and let's talk DC Online. And you tell me why I should like these shows. Well, why shouldn't you? Uh, What's I, wrong I'm with? I'm sure you didn't like Titans. So, uh, Titans is aggressively grim and dark, and that's a weird tonal yeah. thing that I don't like. Um, that said, basically, when they announced Swamp Thing was coming. Um, we had checked into them um, for Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. which we both liked. And we're like, we're, we'll catch up on Doom Patrol when it's done, you know? Because yeah, yeah. we both liked it well enough. Um, but while we had that preview while we were checking out Doom Patrol, I watched like three episodes of Titans. Mm-hmm. And it's bad, but I'm intrigued by it. <laughs> and that's why I'm making you watch it. See, it's interesting, too. <clears throat> like, I don't know these characters. I don't know their... Like, so I'm coming into it with blank slate and um like i kind of know from like teen titans go i think but like that's really all i know these characters from so i don't know any of their powers and it just seems like it's that dark gritty world that they're hoping for with the dceu when it started and it's like i don't know if i like murderous teenagers (laughs) well i guess they're well you know nearly 20 i don't know it's really just i don't even know but you know like it's literally they're like, hey, we're doing a Teen Titan show. And you're like, well, me, I'm like, fuck yes. Fucking George Perez and Marv Wolfman's run of New Teen Titans is brilliant. I fucking love Johns' run. I have every Teen Titan comics from like when Jeff Johns started to current. Like, I love Teen Titans. And I get in there and I was just like, oh, 
Robin's killing people. Oh, Raven's killing people. What the Starfire's killing people. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. It just I don't know. It just feels tonally off. So does that mean we're gonna watch the series? That's right, because we're gonna watch once a week. We're gonna see the evolution of the DC universe. <sighs> okay. Because we got because okay, so we didn't like Titans. <laughs> I like it enough that I'm intrigued. Because like I said, there's some stuff they're doing later on that I enjoy. This first episode's weird. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's so weird that, like, one, I think the problem is that uh, it's it's Dick Grayson, Robin. Like, I feel like if it had been uh, Jason Todd, this amount of violence would, like, make sense. Uh, but the fact that Dick's, like, I couldn't stand what Batman was becoming and what he was doing. And I saw myself going down that same path, but then you see him shove a knife in someone's leg and tear it down to the ankle. Like he's in the fucking raid. And you're like, what was Batman doing? That was so bad. If you're okay with doing this. I hope we get some flashbacks of seeing just Batman tearing people in half. Um, but the, uh, the um, cyborg that's with these titans is the same cyborg that's like in justice league right uh in terms of the teen titans comics yes okay uh he never joined the justice league until like uh the new 52 start okay he's he'd always been like a senior member of the titans and he was always around he was like a big mentor figure to the new titans um but he is in the doom patrol show is where they're using him which okay. is weird, but it's, it makes sense, I guess. But then, like, uh, fucking uh, Beast Boy is in Titans, which makes sense, but he originally was a member of Doom Patrol. So it's this weird, like, riff on continuity. So are That's these weird. I don't know. shows in the same continuity as each other, then? I don't know. That's what we're going to figure out. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, how'd you feel Because I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know if it's like the CW universe of DC shows where like Arrow and Flash and Supergirl are all in the same continuity or if it's just their own separate things. Hmm. Uh, Well, jumping from there, how'd you feel about Swamp Thing? It's really good. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Um, It's what a Swamp Thing show needs to be. It's weird dark gothic horror um i think there are some amazing like thing level scenes of like body horror like when they're in the morgue and the plants are ripping that body in half and like using it as a puppet to attack them is fucking amazing yeah yeah i don't know there's such disconnect like i don't know these characters so it's hard to like kind of figure out where they're going with any of them but is this how Swamp Thing's origin goes down? Uh, kind of. He was a researcher in the swamp, and he fell into the swamp with some chemical mixtures and became Swamp Thing. So essentially, what the end of it? What? How the episode ended? Basically, but then you get into like, which is also why I want to touch on the show. I figured we could watch swamp thing and we could read like the first trade of alan moore stuff to mm-hmm. do like a screen to page to screen adaptation mm-hmm. but like swamp thing has been as a character has gone through it, it 
he started off as just that and is very simple and it becomes very bigger as what he is. And, you know, he's basically like an elemental God and an avatar of the earth and it's a protector and it's, it's interesting. I really yeah. like Swamp Thing. I, I want to, um, I like, I don't know. I just didn't get into it, I guess, but with everything you're saying, like I'm, rehashing some of those things it's like yeah i'm interested i'm interested in more than i am titans anyway um with doom patrol though i don't know um it seems like it's just an eclectic mix of characters but you know i'm i'm in for the ride i suppose um yeah we'll just take this little time and see what dc's doing yeah that's fair they were doing on screen two years ago (laughs) that's fair that's fair but yeah, plus plus I think there are only ten episodes each. So right on. So, uh, yeah, we'll check in. So, are we doing the next episode of Doom Patrol as well next week? Then. Yep. So we'll do episode two of okay. everything next week and see where cool, we're cool. going. Um. So jumping from there to Good Omens, and I'm sure you've read the book, right? Yes, it's been a long time, but I can literally see it on my shelf from right here. <laughs> uh, how'd you like this new episode? Anything with Michael Sheen and David Tennant is great. I... Everything else, not so much. <laughs> That's fair assessment, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's, um, there's a little quirky weirdness with their character or um, designs. But other than that, I'm cool with it. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes. Obviously, I don't know the story, so like I'm going in blind with this one as well. Um, but everything I've seen, like everybody just binged through the six episodes and really loved it. So I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with it. Yeah, I think my main problem is like it looks like a cheap BBC movie, yeah. right? It just it has that cheap flat kind of direction in the look of everything. They're, and they're that in London, aren't is, they? Yeah. Okay. But like, it's a... Uh, that look, I can overlook it when I'm watching Sheen and David Tennant because they are very charismatic and they have a great rapport yeah. between the two yeah. of them. But when I'm like, oh, it's this fucking bunch of kids in the woods, <laughs> who cares? But that hellhound, for sure. Little, little yeah. Up. No, and I mean, it, it it gets the sense of humor and everything from the book. Also, I feel like Gaiman was so enamored with the prose of the book that you get a lot of voiceover just because mm-hmm. he didn't want to alter any of the words. When you can't have just, I don't know. There's a lot of narration yeah. in it that feels like, hey, look at how clever our writing is, even though it doesn't quite fit the flow of uh, uh, visual interpretation of it. So, yeah. Um, are we watching this episodic then, too, by week? Yeah, basically, we're just, instead of jumping into a new show, we're watching all these kind of weeklies okay. again real quick. That works. Because um... I think by the time... Because I think by the time Good Omens is done, then Legion Season 3 will be on. And then I think The Boys starts too soon this summer. So this should all kind of just lead into a bunch of like comic book weeklies throughout the summer. That works. Um, 
Let's talk best and worst then. Let's start with Geely and woof. Larry Giggly. Larry Giggly. Um, I think it falls in the um, same spot where a lot of them have been falling lately. Like, it's not awful. It's not atrocious, but it's not good by any stretch of the means. Um, again, like, number 19 of the worst movie rated movies of all time. Eh, really? This feels like it is a movie that was culturally known for how bad it was when it came out. And I feel that colors a lot of what we're showing here. I mean, like, it's bad, but it's not the worst. Yeah, I, I, it feels um, like a, this movie would be fine for anybody, like, in their early 20s. But I feel like after you hit that 25 hump where your brain's fully developed, just like... There's a lot of shit that kind of wouldn't fly, but then I mean you have to take into account. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, I mean like you know it's it's portrayal of, uh, you know, sexual fluidity and mental handicap is not subtle or clean or nice by any means, you (laughs) know. That's for sure. Um, it's, it's really interesting because it, um, this feels like probably one of the worst acting jobs, uh, Affleck's been part of. Like, it seems like he just doesn't care for the role, but enough to make it a, a satire of itself. Yeah, because there's a couple times where, like, he got a couple laughs out of me, you know? He's given it whatever he thinks this needs. He's given mm-hmm. it. He's not phoning it in, you know. But then, like, you um, take two steps back and see the bigger picture. You're like, none of this story makes any fucking sense for anything. <laughs> no. I mean, once you reach the point where, like, he's cutting off a finger with a no, plastic no, 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 spoon or whatever. No, 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 no. When you get, when he gets the order of having to cut off the toe and then, like, uh, Jennifer Lopez walks in the room is like, I'm not going to do that. That's gross. Whatever. It's like, she's supposed to be the veteran, whatever, but it's clear like they, it seems like they have the same level of terrible henchman in this. <laughs> um, and like, yeah. As soon as they cut off the, the thumb, which would never happen with a plastic fork, but like, every detail, like, he fingerprinted that envelope up so bad. He left. He used this saliva to lick it closed. Like his DNA is considerable in that whole package, and like just none of it even accounts to them. But like when they get it, and they're like, "That thumb had a fingerprint that you didn't remove," um, and it wasn't obviously the other person. But like, woof. It it amazes me also to see Pacino really give it an all for such a really benign movie. <laughs> and fucking walking too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The fucking three minutes walk-ins in it, like whew. but uh just just screaming about putting pie on top of his head and you're like, What? <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't know what's going on here. He wanted to derail this movie enough, like and we just leave this movie set and go get pie. Like, he was literally just talking to them as people. 
Like, let's go get pie. Let's forget. Yeah, and he was just like, and they were like, good job, Chris, but that wasn't in the script. And he's like, I'm done. That was <laughs> my got, one take. You got I'm my out. 30 minutes. I'm out of here. Um, but wasn't the uh, brother, wasn't he in Heroes? I don't know. Was he? I think he was the. Uh, I might be speaking out of turn, but I don't know. It was he did a well job for whatever role he was trying to portray. I don't know. This movie is just too weird. It is, and like, it's also one of those things where, like, obviously there's sexual chemistry between Lopez and Affleck because you know they hooked up on the set of this movie and ended up getting married. <laughs> But like I completely forgot when, uh, about that part, so that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but like every time Jennifer Lopez has these long, supposedly seductive monologues about sexuality and the human body, she sounds so uncomfortable every time yeah, she's yeah. saying that. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like when she's describing like a woman's form, and she's like, "I call it my." Ugh, <laughs> like she looks so disgusting. I'm not saying it. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't recommend checking it out <laughs> at all. Uh, just go by everybody. It's also two. Yes, two, two, two fucking hours long. When we hit the hour mark, I was like, I have no idea how they're gonna fill that other hour. But goddamn, what a woof of a movie. Um. Jumping from there. And also, like, hold on, one last <laughs> caveat here. I know this movie's old. Like, I saw it when it came out, which was, like, before I met you. So, like, when I was, like, 19. So, we're years. talking, like, 2004. 2000. It, it's old. You know, it's pushing 20 now. Uh, it's, like, 15, 16 years old. Um, even back then, Baywatch was not popular. That this kid is obsessed with Baywatch is insane yeah. to me. Yep. I don't know. Ridiculous. Uh, jumping from there to Seven Samurai, another three three and a half hour movie, right? Did you find? Did you finally? Uh, yeah, yeah. I found What's that? Copy. <laughs> okay. Uh, how do you like it? Um. Well, well, let's start. Had you seen it? Oh uh, yeah, before? I've seen it a couple times. Um. It kind of got mixed up within with a couple different, uh, a few different samurai movies like uh, Lone Club, Lone Cub, and uh, another one. But so I had to definitely rewatch it so I knew which one I was riffing off. So <laughs> fair. Uh, I just wasn't sure. If, uh, I have not seen it in years. Um, I got it when the Criterion Collection DVD <laughs> came out, and I think that was the last time I saw it. Um, but yeah, very, very good movie, mm-hmm. but a very long movie. I like it all. Um, of course you do. It's, it's, it's why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, it, it really, it, coming off the heels of Deadwood as well, um, it's kind of that story that only matters to the people encapsulated in this story and like we get such a random mix of characters to help out this village um and then everything's just put into motion at that point um just really well uh, and plus i'm a sucker for black and white so yeah 
and it's good. It's a good looking movie. Um, Kurosawa knows how to shoot everything and make it the most out of it. Like which fuck this shoot is low. Sixty five year, sixty year old at least. Um, I think it came out in like fifty three, fifty four. That's crazy. Um. Yeah. Uh. And like, uh, great performances. Like Toshiro Mifune is so good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, just him with his giant ass fucking sword <laughs> running around, with his butt hanging out, being like, "I'm gonna save all these villagers." Uh, hey, do you like that? I got the second gun. All we need to get is one more. Oh, so good. Uh, but no, and I think there's, you know, it's it's a great story. One, it's a great little story in itself. Uh, good enough that, you know, it's been remade and Americanized in Magnificent Seven and other films. Um, it's just maybe the first movie of about, you know, having to get a group, get get a team together to solve a problem. You know, this is probably the first time I could think of that that was a thing in film. Uh, and it spawned that kind of genre of like, you know, we need to get the best and the brightest and make a team to do this pro- and s- solve this problem. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it's a great little cultural touchstone, too, about, like, it doesn't matter what these people want or that the plan is crazy and there's no reward. It's what you are supposed to do. It's an idea of, like, where you stand in the class system and what you are... S- what's expected yeah. of you and what you're supposed yeah, and to Yeah, I mean, do. that part was fascinating, especially that last line is so weighted because he lost four friends and saved the village, and that only matters to the villagers, like, they're off on their path again, like... Um, yeah, and there's that great scene, though, when that happens of the surviving samurai are on one side of the screen and then the villagers are on the other and then the one samurai who was in love with the girl the villager is stuck between them he's neither the villager or the samurai he's stuck between the two god it's so good fucking if you've never seen this movie see it um so good that's about all i got for it i mean i don't want to I don't think I have anything else to say. I mean, it's just a great little fucking movie. Gr- yeah. Great little uh, three, it almost might... four hour epic. <laughs> it, it might be uh, more engaging your first time through, I suppose. Uh, this, like, this is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. And I'm just kind of like, I kept having to take breaks and stop and go do something. Like, I just couldn't. I couldn't focus for fucking three and a half hours right away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I almost texted you when I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember there's an intermission for like five minutes in the middle of it. Uh, because it's so damn long. <laughs> yeah, I went and definitely. T- I went and took a cigarette <laughs> in the intermission. But yeah, it's just fucking brilliant cinematography and shit. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's talk about our theatrical releases and let's start with Ma. And how don't make me drink alone. <laughs> how did you feel about Ma? 
Hmm. Me too. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, Octavia Spencer is great in it. I think she gives a great performance. Um, I think it's a fucking weird little movie. And like, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do or say, but I didn't hate it while I was watching yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it was, it's so strange because it feels like the trailer sold a different movie than it was. Um, getting into the movie, starting to watch it, it feels like the trailer did a good job of detecting exactly where the story was going. Um, and then you get to the end, you're like, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It's also really strange to see the um, one chick from uh, Booksmart uh, was the lead role for this one. Um, so, like, this took place before Booksmart, and she just moved again because this all happened. <laughs> Who got go, Mom? <laughs> um, I think it's weird that uh, in... in as someone who came from like a small town, it's always weird when they're like, This is a small town with nothing to do, but we have a giant fucking high school with thousands of people. <laughs> I just that, that always throws me. Um, but you know, uh, I, I just don't know, it's weird, it's weird, it's such a weird movie. Um, if you've ever wanted to see, you know. Octavia Spencer fucking karate kicked down some beer cans while Kung Fu <laughs> Fighting is playing on the soundtrack. This movie's for you. Boom, nailed it. I think that should definitely be on the poster. Um, so, um, yeah. Fucking uh, also between see, I saw this and Rocket Man on the same day. I did a double feature yesterday. Yeah. Um, for a movie about Elton John and his open sexuality as being a gay man and R-rated. I saw more dick in Ma than I did in fucking Rocket yeah. Man. <laughs> fucking oh, and fucking she killed Dracula. What a what a bitch. Yeah, but he made her give an unwanted blowjob to a nerd. Wasn't I thought it was the janitor? Oh yeah, it was a nerd. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't regret if it was a janitor there. And then, oh, yeah, it was that nerd guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Oh, man. I don't know. It's weird. Like, one, why is fucking Allison Janney in this movie <laughs> as the fucking <laughs> the vet? Yeah. And then she just starts killing. She just starts piling up bodies. It's just a really, it's part revenge. Yeah. It's this weird part... thing of, like, this movie is an hour and a half mm-hmm. long, and for 80 of those 90 minutes, it's just Octavia Spencer partying with teenagers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she starts murdering everybody for 10 minutes. <laughs> Fucking weird, man. Well, but I yeah. didn't hate and it. Like, and it's really when, just strange. I didn't either. It's just really weird. Like, once the two girls broke into the house to get their jewelry back, and like, they start walking up the stairs and it's fucking completely caged in. I was like, where's this movie yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing? I don't and even... then the fucking daughter popped around with the fucking whatever mask. And I was like, I would kick that bitch down the steps in a heartbeat. Nobody jumps at me with a fucking mask and doesn't say anything creepy. Oh, god damn. Um, 
But yeah, just such a uh, weird little movie. Um, I don't know. And this one feels like I'm going to revisit it down the road. And I'll be like, yeah, still really fucking weird. And I don't get it. <laughs> but I'm all right with that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking... If you got know, an hour man. and a half, like, I if you got an hour and a half to burn, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. I was very confused watching <laughs> it, but not in a bad way, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, talking about Rocket Man, uh, did you enjoy it? It's so good. Nice. It's so, so good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, we were talking last week that I couldn't name very many songs but like every song they had on there like i knew by heart and it's like i think the more fascinating thing i knew, didn't know that he never wrote any of his songs yeah well because you're a fucking fool you don't know who bernie toppin I was i Come do on, now man. and i feel misaligned and uh it's just such a cool moment um because I, yeah, I felt like, like this um, was going to be very reminiscent of Bohemian Rhapsody, where, like, the band breaks up because he's beginning too big, and it's like, it's not that at all. Like, he just became too in excess of himself and just couldn't deal with that. Yeah, and it's a whole... Yeah, and it's a movie about him learning to love mm-hmm. himself. You know, there's no... Ex- it's a completely internal movie. It's nothing external Which I'm about surprised it. They, you know, didn't, like, they didn't feel like they went into the 80s, really, did they? Uh, well, he got clean in the okay. 90s. So when he's in the 80s stuff, that'd be the 90s. So Yeah, like near the I end, think... I was like, oh, we're going to probably get uh, Lion King and like fucking uh, Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind. And nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing Fuck you, Princess Diana. <laughs> you're not getting this. this is my movie which god that is almost yeah that had to have been 25 years ago at this point that's yeah that's um but yeah no it's uh i think it's smart that it plays it as a musical mm-hmm. and not just like when you want to hear the songs we have the show concert performance like i i think that's a really mm-hmm. smart move in a way to make this kind of this jukebox karaoke type going through all his hits um i don't care that they weren't doing it was uh kind of anachronistic in the time of you know like they hadn't written crocodile rock by the yeah. time he performed at the troubadour so he did not play that song <laughs> there but it's all about the but you know it's all about the yeah. feeling it's it's that's how they're using the music to convey the emotional weight of the story as opposed to just here's what I did and when I did it. Um, I think it doesn't shy away from his excess and the things that were wrong with him, but they don't do it in that like cloingly way that everything gets made fun of after fucking Dewey Cox. You yeah. know, it's not like I'm in a fucking dark <laughs> period, you know, like you just yeah, buy I, 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 I again, think it worked a lot better in this than it did in Bohemian for sure. Yeah, and I think the thing again, like I said, is that it's it's an internal drama. It's it's his drugs and alcohol weren't breaking up the band. It, it didn't break up his relationships. You know, it was just him destroying yeah. himself and having to learn to get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and fucking Taron's so good in this. Like I've never really liked him in like those Kingsman movies or fucking Robin Hood, but 
He fucking kills. Dude, I, I think he's a brilliant actor, and I'm really excited to see what he does down the road. And more Kingsman. Even more Kingsman. Like, I'll, I'll see whatever he does right now because I just love his character. Like, I think he's just a great actor. Um, also, uh, hats off to them. Like, for uh, Iggy and Rob Stark being in, like, the starting of their careers for the most part and, like, just knocking it out with this one. Like, it really showed how great of actors they are um, and even the lengths they went to. Like, I was surprised because when we got the R-rated movie with this and we didn't get that with Bohemian, considering um, Bohemian should have been way, way further than this could have even touched um, but I think this one just did a really great job of explaining everything and like you just gotta enjoy yourself as long as you got yourself for so yeah. yeah and it's one of those things that like it's gonna drive me nuts that like the piece of shit that Bohemian Rhapsody was it, you know got all these awards and Rami Malek won a fucking Oscar and it got nominated for best picture and I bet you none of that happens for this movie which is a hundred times yeah better. real fucking travesty for sure um but I also love the ending like credit roll when they're like when they showed the actual like uh, reference they used for this whole movie like like this shit really legit yeah. happens so yeah one there is no reason that this should not win a costuming award Oscar. Cause like that shit is on point with all of those ridiculous sure. costumes. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then the last screen when it shows Elton as a fucking kid and the kid they cast, I was like, did they clone him? <laughs> that fucking kid looks exactly like yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then he did the, the Saturday night. I was like, I'm in fucking fuck. Yeah. Dude, that transition from kid to XZ, like, I was like, fuck, yes. Ugh, so good. Yeah, it's good. And also, like, that, you know, they did the other good thing that helped sell these movies is, like, there was, they didn't lip sync, mm-hmm. you know, that's them singing and putting it in, and that doesn't cause a disconnect like it does in yeah. Yeah, Bohemian. Yeah, for sure. Um, so get out there and see this goddamn movie. It's good. On yeah, the piece really of the resistance, how much did you fucking enjoy Godzilla? I what? didn't at all. It's not good, sir. That. Not good. I hate that you say that. I loved it so goddamn much. Of course you did. It's big monsters going smashy smash. Yeah. Um, I, did you like the uh, 2014 one? Absolutely fucking love it. That's fascinating to me because it feels like that just a little bit more. No, I feel they took everything wrong with the 2014 one and was just like, we're just going to make it more and go bigger and make it worse. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, where to go? Uh, for a movie that's all like, we're giving it to you this time. We're going to have the monsters battle. There's really only a couple of them. And they're fucking shittily shot. Like, it's all fucking shaky cam and you can't see what's going on. And I hate that people are like, you know, it's the complaints you get all the time of, like, Pacific Rim and the first Godzilla of, like, it's all at night, which is used to hide the CGI, sure. But it drives me nuts that they literally were like, well, King Ghidorah, you know, 
makes hurricanes. <laughs> so that's why there's storms going all the time. <laughs> I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fair. Fair assessment, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I just dug uh, the. I was a little disconnected from the human aspect of it. Like, just didn't care. But, like, when Mothra showed up and fucking... Uh, I just dug... Oh, what's well, bullshit, though. Mothra's in that movie for, like, four seconds, and you get one full-on yeah. shot of her. Like, most of the time, it's just like, we need to obscure Mothra. And it's like, the fuck you, show me Mothra. <laughs> show me goddamn Mothra. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think... Uh, <clears throat> I hate... So, here, okay... So within the, the purview of, like, the 2014 movie, as you go along with that, you know, everyone's like, it's a fucking boring character. I hate those people. Okay, sure. But at least there was only one person to hate versus the 27 that are in this fucking That's fair. movie. Um, uh, also, the twist uh, is really not well hid. Um, it's, no, <laughs> not at all. It feels as soon as, like, he shoots the one scientist, it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's the bad guy. Because, like, why would she have brought the Echo whatever with it? Like, uh, it just fell apart real quick, that aspect. But, like, you give me those big monster fights, and I'm like, yeah, just fucking, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so within the 2014 movie, humans were there, and what they gave you was a sense of scale. Mm -hmm. That is how we interpreted what we were seeing. And that is still a film that has one of the greatest senses of scale that I've ever seen. And as you go throughout the story, you realize the focus is not on the human characters, but it is how we perceive the things that are happening around us and how insignificant we are. Humans aren't the villain. We didn't destroy the world and Godzilla is the rep, you know, coming back to fucking take the vengeance and the mudos. That's not what it is. We are completely inconsequential of these and it's about how small we are. In the grand scheme of things, and that's what that film does really well. I see why you this. I I see why you're not a fan of this one now. And again, in this one, one like all the humans are really bad. Um, (laughs) I don't care about any of them, but that's that's a staple of the Godzilla movies. Like I grew up on Godzilla movies. I used to sit in my grandpa's fucking living room floor and watch him on TNT on Saturday marathons, you know, like fucking man in rubber suit. Godzilla was my shit as a kid. Um, But uh, all those movies are just like people being like, oh, it's Godzilla and weird government officials talking to aliens and trying to shoot Godzilla into space (laughs) to save the earth. Like the shit's always been weird and boring. But uh, what they what they fail to do is that contextualization of how small and insignificant we are. I feel they try. It's really messy with the ideas of like theology in the film. And these were ancient gods and you know, what were we got, were we wrong? And these actually are gods that are above us and we need to worship. And, but it's messy and it's, it's environmental themes are messy and I don't get it. And and none, none of it congeals. But the biggest thing is literally the sense of scale yeah. bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, I totally get it. I hate the idea that like, I hate the idea that at one point we're on the bottom of the fucking ocean, mm-hmm. deepest place you can go, and the submarine comes out and Godzilla follows it out and stands above yeah. it and then dives back yeah. down. 
I was like, that's not how that work. Come get here. Um, the idea of like in in the 2014 when we get to the the Honolulu section in Hawaii, and you literally feel the presence of Godzilla coming with like the power outages and the tsunami yeah. wave coming yeah. in. In this movie, he sneaks up at least three <laughs> times to do an off-screen save. It's like, yeah, God, it's it's sloppy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I think they could have done a few things a little bit better. I think if they would have changed um, the mom's vantage point to like, if she had done all this research, found Monster Zero, and just awakened it just as a way to kill Godzilla because it had killed her son. I think that would have played so much better than uh, we're just going to set this world on fire and see what survives. Um, that, yeah, that scale that you're talking about is really messy. Especially, like, when they're blowing shit up in Mexico. Like, that's when it was most noticeable to me. Like, Rodan's just the size of half a continent, but just also this fucking plane that stretches forever that can just turn on a dime. I don't know. I agree. <laughs> this movie was very and then, like, like I can set it aside. Just to... And I get it. I'm not gonna like begrudge mm-hmm. someone who does enjoy it. Like I just it was too sloppy for no, me. I get it. It, 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 I, um, it also did that thing I think... where uh, we were in the, I remember the trailer for 2014 and like them showing Cranston a lot. Um, and I, f- I didn't watch the trailer for this one, but for the most part, I know a lot of people that I've talked to before I saw it were excited about uh, Eleven being in it, and she's there for three minutes maybe. Um, yeah, and I mean, if she just plays the fucking the role of random kid in a Godzilla movie, which they there's always one of them, I guess, but like whatever, I don't know. Um, I think. Uh, I, I it feels very much so that like fucking Sally Hawkins is like listen up fuckers I won I was in that Oscar movie <laughs> for where I fucked a fish and I'm not doing this shit you need to kill me immediately because like Ghidorah just eats her out of nowhere and there's no pop or circumstance to any of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, oh, so good. And like fucking Ken Watanabe is just like listen. I'm trying, guys, but I. You're doing how many of these? No, I got to get out of here. Can I? Somebody's can I? Have to sacrifice can I set me, a me, timer? Me, me, I got this. Me, fix me. I got this, guys. Don't worry about it. I'm already me, in the boat. The, the, the fucking. And like that's such a weird decision that like you take not only the. Uh, the 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 Asian character in the film. I mean, there's the other one, but the prominent one, and the one who also has a backstory that ties into Hiroshima, and you know, like his father's watch is what he wears, and it stopped when the bomb went off, and be like, yeah, I'm gonna nuke myself. It's That's what it'll all really do here. Because be like, this movie, uh, we can't launch torpedoes except we have this huge hatch on the bottom of the sub we can drop a ship out of, and. I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm pretty sure if you drop a torpedo, the the engine will fire it along. Like, that's how torpedoes work, I'm pretty sure. So. And I also <laughs> am, like, weirded out by the fact that, like, you know, obviously not all the films, all 
there's too many. You know, there's like 33 Godzilla movies or something. But the most notable ones are the ones with the social commentary. Yeah. And that one of the most well-known, you know, is the first one. It's the ideas of the horrors of nuclear war and what humanity has wrought and how we're going to destroy ourselves with it. And in this film, you take, like I said, the Kurosawa character or... And you have him be like, you know what we got to do to save this big giant monster? We got to nuke him. We need to use power. Nuke power. I'm going to kill myself in a nuclear blast so that he can become a walking atom bomb to save us all. It's such a weird choice. Um, It feels like they were doing that in the first one, but like it's just on such a different scale in this one for sure. Um, Man. Uh, Also, the the uh, oxygen bomb that they used, like shit, that shit's devastating if it goes off in water. Like, I saw a couple Mythbusters that are like fucking setting off explosive, and then like if you see old Western movies, whatever, like they fish with dynamite, whatever. Like that's because the sound percussion, like that's what kills the. Uh, fish and everything so like when a, only a couple like pop up at the surface it's like no shit is definitely dead all the way around there it's but like, this is to, just to uh to, to throw some nerd credentials out there the oxygen bomb is how they killed godzilla in the original uh, movie and that scene echoes the fish popping up in that uh, film man i want to watch some old school godzilla because i haven't seen any of it so like uh, what any, Any of it? Like, that's why 2014 was such a high moment for me, is because, like, when he fucking lets off that blast, like, I had no idea it was coming, and I was like, fuck yes. Um, so, like, when they showed that on the, the poster, and, like, I couldn't escape it, it's like, oh, well, how's the next level of Godzilla gonna take down this guy? And it's like... And the next level is he becomes so irradiated with power, nuclear power, that he's melting buildings as he walks <laughs> by them. And then he sets off two atomic blasts that levels Boston. And everyone's just like, yay, our savior. And you're like, what? And the politics of this film are so fucking nice. weird. Uh, but I'm definitely going to see um, it again. I fucking, I want the master fights. Oh, man. You need to watch. Oh, man. I don't know that they're streaming anywhere. I own a bunch of fucking like double feature Blu-ray releases uh, listen, that they I'm put out a couple years ago. In... Not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm going to grab some from you because I need some. <laughs> I have to you find, find them. them. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So what are we watching for next week? Uh, DCU online, obviously. Omens. Um, I'm assuming you're going to make me watch fucking Black Mirror. Black Mirror for sure. Uh, I think there's only three episodes, right? Yeah, but are they releasing yeah. them all at once or just yeah. doing one at a time? Uh, I haven't they're checked all into out it. Tomorrow? On the... Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, excuse me. Um, and then we got Secret Life of... And then... Uh, and... Dark Fuck. Phoenix. Oh, listen. Can we just forego Secret Life if I forego Dark Phoenix? If I say yes, but still make you go to Dark Phoenix, does that no. count? <laughs> God, I hate, I hate fucking kids um, movies. Listen, you know listen, this. you don't have to. I'm not going to force you, but I know I'm going to have to see Dark Phoenix just to see what a fucking trash barrel it is. Um, 
one, it's also the last. You've seen every Fox X-Men yeah. movie. This is the last one yeah. they're going to make. So. And it's going to be a trash fire, and I'm going to be fired <laughs> up. Yeah, because you know these characters, and this shit pisses you off way more than my limited knowledge pisses me off, so. Uh, next week should be good. Are we watching anything else then? Oh, yeah, we have our oh, best, best and, and worst. Our best and worst list. Uh, worst, we have uh, the Mariah Carey starring vehicle Glitter. And uh, which I've never seen, but whatever. Number eighteen. No, I think it was like on TV at some point, and like a friend was watching it, and I was just like, whatever. So I think I maybe saw the last half of it. I don't know. Ooh, you might know how it ends. Uh, But the best is the one that I'm excited for because it's a movie that I love, but I have not seen in many, many, many years. 1999's The Matrix. Huh. I'm fucking down as a clown. Um, right? It's been a long time, and like I'm just like I bet that movie still holds up. Just in my in my head, I'm like that. I movie don't still think I've up. seen it since yeah. theaters. I probably haven't seen it since. I mean, I probably watched it as <sighs> the sequels came out, but yeah, I don't think I've. I think I saw Re- Revolutions is the third one, right? And just kind of was like, I don't have to yes. do that shit anymore. Oh, yeah, because the second one was ruined for me. And then the third one was a mess. I'm sure it makes more sense nowadays, but like when it came out, it was definitely a mess for my brain. Uh, also, <laughs> we could check out, uh, I think Jan's got his fan edit of two and three together. Mm, what if I just want to watch the good I mean, one? yeah. We can do that, but we can watch the fan in it next week, maybe. Or we could just watch the good one and say that that story is closed. (laughs) Except for the idea that, like, there's a lot of rumors running around that the Wachowskis are coming back to do another one, and I'm kind of fucking excited for that. I'm down. I I think it's a very incredible story that they wanted to tell and didn't quite hit the notes that they wanted to. So... I would love him to revisit and then and bring forth whatever experience they've gotten since they made that first. That first one's so fucking good. Like, yeah, I'm fucking down for Matrix next week for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing you own it, don't you? Do you I not don't. again, <laughs> or do you just have to dig no, through I'm, shit? No, I'm pretty sure I, I don't own it. Um. Uh, yes, I do, and I'm also thinking about going out and picking up like the Blu-ray set because it's super cheap. And like my buddy was texting me like two weeks ago, and he's just like, "I bought a new fucking TV." He's like, "I'm putting on the Matrix Blu-rays," <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh my god!" He was like, "Oh my god, this looks so good." And I was just like, "I'm watching it in like three weeks. Just I'll talk to you nice. about it." Then. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that next week for sure. Um, so yeah, watch all that stuff, and we'll bring it back to you next week. Uh, peace, pineapple, and all that good stuff. Later. Don't make me drink alone. alone. (laughs) So fucking weird. I love it.